We're excited you're with us today. Come on in, it's time for church. And we are glad you are here this morning. Give you a second to come in and settle in. Live streamers, I think we're jumping on live stream right now. It's good to have you. So wherever you're watching from, whatever platform you're seeing us on, thank you for joining us today. We're, we're glad you're with us. But today is one big family Sunday. Amen. And uh, we love our kids so much that we like to have them in with us for service every now and then for the entire service. Uh, we're a multi-generational church. We've got the littlest ones all the way up to those aren't so little anymore, but we love it. And we love that we're a multi-generational church. But on the fifth Sundays of the year, we come together for one big family Sunday. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. And I know we say this every single time. I got some feedback up here, Chris. I know we say this every single time. When we do One Big Family Sunday, it's always a little bit more noisy in here during service, but that's okay. We like to know that our kids are with us. And maybe sometimes during worship or maybe during the message, and the kids help us out with the message, which I love to do. Uh, but maybe a little bit more noisy, but that's okay because we want our kids to learn what it means to be with the entire family for worship and the word and time together. Amen? So that's what we do on these fifth Sundays. We're glad our kids are with us. Uh, by the way, if you have kids here, make sure they're with you, okay, with your parents. So uh, this is a wonderful time for you as parents to talk to your kids about what it means to worship Jesus, what it means to spend time in the word, okay? So it's a great time of instruction for, for parents and children together. But more than that, we're just here to celebrate Jesus as an entire church, and that's what today is all about. So how about we stand up on our feet? I'm going to pray, and we're going to get right into worshiping our Savior today. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come to the house this morning and be with you. Lord, we love you. And we desire to spend time with you and to be in your presence to learn you, to grow, to be strengthened in you. And I pray as families today, Lord, that we're brought together in such a way that we're unified and strong. Not only as a church as a whole, but the individual family units that are here this morning, that we're strong in you. And we thank you for the strength that you continue to give us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship together today.
My yoke is easy now What a friend I've found
tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know oh I won't be shaken oh I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Wishing no longer has a place to Stand a chance when I stand in your 
praise him for a moment. We worship Jesus all across this place. We praise you this morning, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Your name is highly exalted in this place. We worship you this morning, Lord. All that we have, all of who we are, we worship you and we praise you today. Come on, speak some praise out to him this morning. Don't be shy. We're, we're in the house of the Lord this morning. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We praise you, Jesus. You are our salvation. You are our deliverer. You are our shield in times of trouble. We praise you. You are our peace. You're the one who causes us to overcome. That we are more than conquerors in you. We praise you today, Jesus. We worship you. Oh, Lord, come be with us. Lord, close to us. Lord, that we would know you. In the depth of who you are, the width of who you are. For you are deep and you are wide. Your love is deep and your love is wide. And we thank you for it. Your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. I feel the Lord is just calling us close. The Lord would say that you are my child. And I desire to be with you as a father is with a son and a daughter. in a place of face-to-face intimacy. That you would know his goodness and know his wonder. To stand in the security and the peace of the God of all things, that he's your father, that he would call you close to him. Well, I pray that we would recognize that that our eyes would begin to see and our ears would begin to hear. The move of the Spirit that blows like the wind that would draw us close to you. Thank you, Lord, for desiring to be with us. And so we praise you, and so we worship you, God our Father. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. Jesus' name. Let's just, let's just sit in his presence just for a moment. 
presence of God good. That we will learn just to slow down sometimes. Just to be with Him. going to do we have actually one more song team's going to come off the stage and they ran bare bones for you today they did a good job i appreciate them i know um by, by the way maybe not the time but samara has been dealing with some kidney stone stuff so keep her in your prayers and if you've ever had one of those i have not but i heard it's not fun at all so uh, keep her in your prayers and by the way just while i'm thinking about donna we haven't seen Donna for a little bit, and she's had some knee issues where she's not able to get out. She does see a specialist tomorrow. So be, please be praying for her so she gets back and mobile and gets out in life and gets back to church and all that kind of stuff. So keep them in your prayers. So, by the way, we had Vacation Bible School uh, at the end of June, about a month ago. Okay, it was BBS Fort Courage, all right, is what it was called. Had a great time those three nights, and, and they taught about the armor of God and all that. But we wanted to highlight one of the kids' songs that we did at the BBS, okay? So here's what I need. If, if you were a kid and you were here at Vacation Bible School, I need you to come down and help me because I'm not going to lead this. You are. All right, so come on down. All right, kids, come on down. And this is one of those old school ones. So all the kids that were in the BBS, you can come down right here. You don't have to face the people. You can face the screen. This is an old school one, all right? And some of you, I think everybody knows this one, but this is uh, the song... I'm in the Lord's army. How many remember I'm in the Lord's army? It has the motions. All right. So we're going to highlight our kids what they did at BBS, and we're going to participate with the song with them this morning. You guys ready? All right. Okay. So uh, y'all loose, limber, move around. Okay, good. All right, Justice, let, let's do this. kids a hand this morning. Good job, everybody. Good job. Thank you, kids. Thanks for helping us out. 
All right, how about this right now? Just get around and greet somebody. If you have kids, introduce your kids to other families, okay? Let's get to know each other for a minute, and we'll take up offering in just a few moments. By the way, as, as you're meeting Green, if you got a little, little one and they need a little bag with a little coloring page, come down to Hope, okay? We got little bags down here with the coloring page for the littlest ones. Um, that's down here by Hope. So if you got a little, little guy, send them down and get one, okay? Good to have you. Let's take up uh, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, get your offering ready. Uh, offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. Or if they're not, if there's not an offering envelope there, wave your hands around. One of the ushers will help you out. All right, everybody, here we go. Here we go. Again if, you got a, again, if you got a little guy or a little gal and they need a little, little help today to make it through the service, Hope's got some bags and coloring page there. For tithe and offering, again, if you need an offering envelope, chair in front of you. Or wave your hand around, one of the ushers will help you out. Where's Gavin at? Gavin Brown is going to come and pray over our offering this morning. Everybody say, hi, Gavin. I think I got you on here. All right, you ready, sir? Yeah, you want to hold that? All right, let's everybody bow our heads and close our eyes so Gavin can bless the offering this morning. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this offering, and I hope it blesses your kingdom. 
Uh, please help everyone that is in need and sick, and please help Samara with her kidney stones. Please help uh, us to have a good day today. Thank you that we get to gather in your house today and learn more about you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Gavin. Good job. Bring it on down if you have something. And if you're new to One Big Family Sunday, we like to have the kids help us participate throughout the service. Just like... I wish everybody was as excited as Cullen to bring their offering. I wish. If we, if we had that much joy in our giving, who knows what would happen, right? Amen. I love it. Okay, some announcements for you quick before we get into the word this morning. Uh, don't forget about our school supplies. I saw a lot of it coming today. We want to bless the families in our church with school supplies for the upcoming school year. And we're going to be into August tomorrow. That means, unfortunately for all the young youngsters here, that means this month school starts. So I hate to tell you that at some point in the month of August, you'll be going back to school. But we want to get the school supplies out. So probably in the middle of August, we'll, we'll figure out a way to distribute it to the families. But keep bringing it in and putting it at the back. You see a crate back there with the red uh, sign on the front of it. Uh, go ahead and put it there, and we'll collect it. Um, and any extra that we have, we do have extra, uh, we'll go to uh, the Urbana Elementary School. Maybe they can use it and do something with it. But I think we have probably uh, 30 kids or so here at our church that we want to give school supplies to. So it's quite a bit. So see the list back there, and uh, we'll help them out for the school year. Also, next Sunday, if, if, uh, if you missed this as a parent, please let me know. But next Sunday is the kids' event called Aqua Grande at the Botkins campus that when our service is over, we're going to load up and go over to it for those that want to do that. So please sign up at the back. Um, I'm going to be bringing a fishing passenger van uh, to take kids over and bring them back. Um, but if you need to sign up so I know how many is going. Uh, if you're not sure or have some questions, please see me. Now, obviously, I need some, a couple, two, three parents to go with me. That would be wonderful. And we'll go over, and they just have a big event that we're just jumping in on, and it'll be a good time. So that's next Sunday that that's happening. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, this, this is uh, pretty important. Tomorrow night, we begin uh, another run of our church-wide prayer. And we took uh, June and July off, just so much that's happening over the summer. It's not that we stopped praying, but just coming together like that. But that picks up again tomorrow night. And we as a church believe that prayer is not, not just important. Prayer is vitally important. We must be a people who pray. And we come together and we worship together. We come together and we spend time in the word together, right? But, but we must be a people who also come together in a special way to spend time in prayer, okay? So we're kicking off and, and we're going to run, this will run through, we'll probably take the month of December off again. But through November, we're going to have church-wide prayer every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Now, now tomorrow night, um, and by the way, if you've never been to church-wide prayer, I encourage you to start checking it out, okay? Uh, they, they spend time in, in personal prayer for the first part, then come together for a, a group prayer at the latter part of it. Tomorrow night, I'm going to lead off the night of prayer with just some vision casting about it. I want to talk about what it means for us to intercede together, some things that, that I believe in the Holy Spirit's dropping in my heart about that prayer time and, and uh, not only things that, that we want to see happen as a church, but just in general, 
uh, what it means to come together and pray together. So that's tomorrow night from 6 to 7, and uh, we probably don't, uh, we try to announce it every Sunday, but keep it in your heart to be here as much as you can uh, for church-wide prayer, okay? So having said that, if you want to get your Bibles out, we're going to get into the Word, and as you're doing that, a highlight, just so you know, uh, for youth hangouts, what happens the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, they just finished up their series on the fruit of the Spirit, and they're about ready to get into another series, so you know what the youth have been talking about, that's our fifth through twelfth grade, and the month of August for the kids' church, uh, they're doing a series on the promises of God, which I'm sure is going to be really good. So that's what's happening with our kids, so you know what they're learning about. They were doing the fruit of the Spirit, kids' church are getting to the promises of God. We don't have... Uh, stuff for our kids here to, to babysit them. We believe in partnering with you as parents, as families, to raise your kids in the ways of God. That's our goal. We want to have fun with them, but we want to instill things in them. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember a whole lot about what... I learned in kids' church. I remember some of my Sunday school teachers and things, but I don't remember a lot what they taught necessarily. I do remember getting a silver dollar one time for reciting all the books of the Old Testament. That was sort of like a, anyways. But um, uh, I don't remember a lot, but what I do know is those foundations were built in my life that even as a teenager, when I walked away from Jesus, those foundations were still there to help draw me back. Amen? So you having your kid in church is very important, all right? Because it should be, church should be confirming what you are doing at home. Don't, don't, don't lean on church to do it all. They, they should see in your life a practical, livable application of the Christian life. They should be able to see a model in the home. Now, a perfect model, no, but that's why you're honest with them about your life. And there, there are times, uh, and not a lot, but every once in a while, long while, to come to one of my kids and say, hey, that wasn't the right way to go about that, talking about me. To be honest about living the Christian life, not only in good example, but when we don't do it the way we should. So the home is the base then church is a supplication to what's happening in the home. That, that's our belief. That's what we're after here. That's why we have kids' church. That's why we're, we're trying to ramp up and do more things with our youth, because we believe in our young people. I believe our kids are the most important thing in our church. They are the, not only the future of the church, but they're the future of the Christian faith as the Christian faith goes forward in this world until Jesus comes back. Why is he taking so long? I have no idea. I wish I knew. But until the times are in their fulfillment, we will live the Christian life in this world, and we will pass it along to the generation behind us. That's what we do. We don't own it, right? It is something we've been entrusted with. We don't get to play with it. We don't get to change it. We don't get to do with it what we want. We're entrusted with the faith that we hand on to the generations behind us. Amen? And that's what we're about. All right. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to uh, start in Galatians in chapter number three in just a moment. But we've been, we've been uh, in a series entitled Images of Salvation. 
And, and among a couple uh, goals that I've had with this, I want you to know, first of all, that you are saved. And I want you to know and be secure in your salvation. I want you to understand the depth of what it means to be saved. What that means for you and what it means for a life living with God. So images of salvation, we've been talking about different aspects of the way the Bible describes salvation. The metaphors, maybe some analogies, descriptions. Um, so you can start to see this big picture of what salvation is about. Now remember, we keep saying this, you're not just saved from things, you're saved to things, right? And to see the depth of what that means, so we've been uh, talking about salvation in terms of being rescued, salvation in terms of, of, of uh, redemption, that I'm redeemed and I have a redeemer and there is a ransom price paid for my redemption and my redemption I gain things, okay? We've been talking about in terms of reconciliation, what that means in my relationship with God. So different aspects, words you find in the Bible, like redemption and reconciliation. And, and to be born again is one we'll get to before the series is over. Words that we see or descriptions we see in the Bible of what it means to be saved. Now, today, um, I want to talk about adoption, what it means to be a, a child of God son and a daughter of God, but the word adoption is one way that our salvation is described. So we're going to start off in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 26. So I think I have Jessa. Where's Jessa at? Jessa, everybody say hi, Jessa. Hi. Jessa's going to come on down and read this for me. Okay. Are you ready? So we're going to be in Galatians chapter 3. And verse number 26 down through verse 29. Are you there? Yes. Okay, let's go. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God by believing in Christ. This is because all of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Right. You have put him on as if he were your clothing. There is no Jew or Gentile, there is no slave or free person, there is no male or female. That's because you are all one in Christ Jesus. You who, you who belong in Christ are Abraham's seed, so you will receive what God has promised. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. Give me a high five there. Good job. All right. Now, in both the Old and New Testament, you see descriptions of those that are the children of God or sons and daughters of God. Not only of, of Israelites being the elect being called out to establish a people that belong to God, but then certainly into the New Testament as we find those who are in faith in Christ Jesus. Now, that word adoption so um, that we're going to get into a little bit today is it meant that you are becoming part of God's people. So when, when Paul, especially in Paul, when he's writing to those he, he wrote to, whether it's Galatians or we'll see in Romans in just a minute, he's writing about and uses that word adoption. It falls into the context of 
Roman culture. Now, in Roman culture, adoption meant, if you were adopted into a family, that meant full inclusion as a child into the family that adopts you, the, the fullness of inclusion. It's not like, uh, uh, what was it? Maybe I'll get my, uh, my, my princess stories. Was it Cinderella who was in a, a, a family and she was treated bad while the, the sister, okay, it's not like that. You're not Cinderella in that story. You're not treated in a way that even though you're in the family, you're not treated fully in the family. It's not like the good things are kept to these and, and you don't get it because you're sort of the outsider brought in. Adoption, in what Paul is writing about, is the fullness of inclusion into the family of God. So to, to say that I am saved, one aspect of it is that I have been adopted I've been brought into God's family where I was an outsider because of sin. I've been brought into the family of God, and that's the fullness of inclusion of what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. And, and it brings a couple of different aspects, by the way. We'll, we'll touch on this in a minute. There is a right now aspect, and there is a future aspect. The right now aspect is absolute relational intimacy. The future aspect is an inheritance to come. So right now, because of your salvation, brought into the family of God, you're adopted, and you have the full inclusion of an intimate relationship with your father. That's God, if you choose to have that. But then there is a future in that, the inheritance to come. So you're not only adopted into relationship, you're also now an heir. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I know my wife and I, we desire to leave something for our children. We want them to receive some sort of inheritance from us when we finally pass on, okay? Now, it's kind of funny, um, and I know they would think money, but, but I have something in my possession that both of my boys want, and I have yet to figure out how I'm going to deal with this, Okay? Hopefully, I've got a long while to figure it out. So, so from the time I was a little kid up through, I don't even know how old I was, every time my mom went to the grocery store, she bought a pack of football cards. She'd bring home a pack of football cards. And, and you know, if you're old enough, you remember they had the, the nasty stick of gum in there that was like hard and brittle. And you, you know, okay, so those packs of football cards. So I have in my possession, I'm going to say two to 3,000 football cards in boxes in the basement. The vast majority of those cards are what they call common cards, penny cards. They're not worth anything, really. Uh, the, the fluctuation, I don't keep up on it, but the fluctuation of their value really goes up and down. They're really only worth what somebody would give you know, for it anyways, right? But I have some cards that are some more valuable cards based on the player. So if you know football, for instance, uh, when I was growing up, there was a wide receiver named Jerry Rice. He played for the 49ers. How many remember Jerry Rice? Okay, I have three of his rookie cards in good condition. They're worth a little money. You see, so I have, I have a rookie card of John Elway. Good condition card. So not, not like they're worth thousands and thousands of dollars, but they're worth some value. Both of my boys want my cards, right? But it's an inheritance that, um, that I want to pass on and give to them. Now, 
if you also know, I'm, I'm a hunter, so I also have a wall of deer antlers from, from bucks I've taken. So I've tried to say, well, once you want my, to one of them, don't you want my, my antlers instead? And they're like, absolutely, positively not. When you die, they're going in the trash. We want the football cards. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I want to leave something for my children. How many know what I'm talking about? When we're adopted into the family of God, there's immediate intimacy of relationship, but there's also an inheritance to come. So going back to the verses that Jessa read there. For in Christ Jesus, you are sons of God. And, and, and whenever you see that, throw daughters in there too. Through what? Through faith. For those that believe, for those who live a life of faith, for those who have called on his name, we are now our sons and daughters of God. In other words, you were baptized into Christ. You've put on Christ. In other words, a brand new identity. Baptized into him, you put him on. In Jesus, I have a brand new identity. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that what happens? Have you, have you ever seen um, the, the videos that are out there of, of uh, a couple going to uh, a foster agency or orphanage, and, and they, they, they let the child know that they're going to adopt them? You ever see those videos? Everybody's crying and doing all this stuff. There, there's a name change happening there. There's a new identity that that child is being brought into. You think about that, but then kind of ramp it up a bit with God. I have a brand new identity in him, and my identity now is I am a son of God. That's my salvation. I'm brought into the family of God. I'm now a daughter of God. That's my new identity. Because, now, now God is the God of all creation. So in a sense, he's the father of it all anyways. But we're separated in sin. We're separated from relationship with him. And our salvation is being brought back into the fullness of relationship with God. There is, now watch this. This, this is amazing. I, I love this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Notice Jew is the elect, those who were called in the Greek who were not. There's neither slave nor free. So the first one was ethnicity now this is social status and there is no male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus you see that God in his family doesn't put you in some sort of structure of something being better than the other back to Cinderella it don't matter your ethnicity it doesn't matter on this earth right now, currently, your social status. And it doesn't even matter your gender. Brought into the family of God, we are all put as equal heirs, equal in relational intimacy with him. That's what it means. That's my identity. The body of Christ does not lose its diversity. But in our diversity, we stand before God the same. Now, as, as it comes to the elect of God, you know, uh, being brought into the family of God does not mean I become Jewish. I keep my identity. I keep my ethnicity. I am of Swiss-German stock. That's me. My last name, it's easy to figure out. Okay, German, right? 
I know when my, my, my mom's family, uh, her maiden name's Blauk, uh, we know exactly when they came over from Switzerland area, when they established a homestead in central Pennsylvania. Some of my, my uh, relatives fought in the Revolutionary War. So we have a long history of being in this nation. Amen? I don't lose that. As a matter of fact, God sees our diversity and he likes it. Why? He made it. And he brings us all in as equals in his family. I'll become Jewish, nor do we replace the Jewish people, by the way. There's a teaching out there that the church replaces them. That's not true. But we are all brought together by faith in Jesus, brought into a family where we're treated as equals in relationship and also in what we receive as heirs. Paul, by the way, if you read the epistles that he wrote, he works very hard for you to see this because this was a problem. There was a problem in early church with, with what it meant for the Gentiles, the Greeks, to be brought into the family of God when you already had the family of God being the, the Jewish people. Did they have to jump into the customs and the law and all this different stuff that's constantly uh, back and forth about this? And Paul is constantly making a point. In him, there is no more distinctions. We are all his sons and his daughters. Amen. Now, verse 29 there. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs to the promise. Now, to jump onto that, jump down to chapter 4 of Galatians in verse number 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. There it is, we're adopted. And because you are sons, God has sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, what? Abba, Father, since you are no longer a slave, but a son, and, and if a son, then an heir through God. So there's the adoption part that we're getting at. The fullness of time, Jesus comes. And what does Jesus do? He brings redemption to bring adoption, that we are the sons and the daughter of God. But watch what it says that we have the ability to cry with the spirit that we've been given, Abba, Father. That is that intimate relationship we're talking about. Abba is, that, is an Aramaic word for father. That, listen, I don't know what kind of relationship you've had with your actual father. It may have been good. It may have been bad. may maybe indifferent. I don't know. But don't classify God being your father in the way that your dad was to you. This is God Almighty, perfect in nature father, good father, who's jealous after us, who, as we've been saying, desires so much for this reconciled relationship right intimate relationship so you can actually cry Abba Father that he would go to the lengths of coming to us to die on a cross to have it that's how much our Father God wants to be with us intimate relationship close together that we have the ability to cry Abba Father in his family 
I, I, I am so thankful that, that this God who could do what he wants to do decided to do what he did to be with me. And, and you, in one sense, you have to see the big picture of, of salvation, what God is doing as a whole. But you also got to bring it right down to this personal me, right here, me. That God the Father brought me into his family in order that I can cry, Abba, Father, and be intimate with him. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 12. Where, where is uh, Sawyer? Come on down. Everybody say hi, Sawyer. Hi, Sawyer. Sawyer's going to give us Romans chapter 8. I asked him if he was ready to do this this morning. He goes, oh, man. So he's ready to go. He checked it out. And we're going to read some verses here to confirm what we were just talking about. You ready? Uh, <laughs> He's ready. You can use my Bible if you want. Okay. All right. There we go. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 12 down through 17. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to flesh, to live accordingly to, him, to the flesh, for if you live accordingly to the flesh, you will die. But if you, but if you live by the Spirit, you, you will put death and deeds uh, of the body. You will live for all, for all who are led by the Spirit of God. Of God. Are sons of God, for you did, did not receive the Spirit of salvary, but fall back into fear, Put, but, the, but you have received the spirit of adoption. As sons, as sons by whom cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself bears witness with the Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then hears uh, hears, oh, and children then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs will, with Christ, with Christ provided the we will suffer, in order that we will we may be glorified with Him. All right, thank you. Good job. Give me a high five. Thank you, Sawyer. <clears throat> you almost walked off with my notes. That would have been bad. All right. So that it confirms again, Paul writing again. We're not debtors to our flesh to live according to the flesh, in other words, in sinfulness. But if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body. Now watch this. For those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. In other words, live by faith. You don't receive a spirit of, of slavery to fall back into fear but you receive the spirit of adoptions as son. Again, here, the intimacy by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, children and heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Amen. That's our standing. You have a position in God 
as his children, not only in position, but now in experience, in intimacy and the fullness of the things to come. I am no longer a slave, but now I am a son. And because I am a son, then the fullness of God, the fullness of God is what we will begin to experience in our lives. Ephesians 1, 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus in accordance to the pleasure of his will. You see that? The pleasure of his will. It pleases God when people come into his family. It pleases God so much that he would do what he can do to bring us into the full inclusion of the family of God and all the things that it means for each one of us. I'm saved, that means I'm adopted. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Let's jump into another verse here. John chapter 1. This wonderful opening of the gospel, John, I love it. John 1, uh, 1 down to 14, I, I love it. But 11 and 12 of John chapter 1. He came to his own, and to his own people did not receive him, but all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See how simple that is? Salvation is receiving the free gift of God. Amen? For those who simply believe and receive, you have the right to become his children. Now, do you see God as your father? By the way, let's just ask this. Do you see him as your father? Do you see him in a way of relational intimacy? Do you see him as a good God that you have come into the heir of, of, of his kingdom? Heir of God and co-heir with Christ. Heir with God in the sense of all the things that he is that will come. Co-heirs with Christ in the resurrection that Jesus has already uh, been in. That we have these things. They're, they are ours for our life. Amen. I want to I sh show you something. Justice, throw that uh, graphic up on the screen, please, if you would. I want to show you something amazing here. Here is, by numbers, those who claim to be Christians. Now, now I'm not going to get into those who claim versus those who really are. Let's not even go there. But I want you to see something. Now, I understand some of these numbers go because of population and things, but, but look at this. If you think the center of the world for Christianity is the United States of America, you are sadly mistaken. North America, that's Canada, United States. There are 268 people who proclaim to be Christians. Latin America, 612 million people. This is 2020. Claim Christianity. Africa, 667 million people claim salvation in Jesus. You got Europe. 565 million. Asia, 379 million. By the way, Asia right now, there's an explosion of the faith of Christianity happening in China and Asia. Then, then you got Oceania, which is Australia and whatnot. 28 million people. This is the family of God. 
these all, if this is true profession of faith, this is who has been adopted into God's family. You see that? Now, now notice, right, right up from Africa, what we would consider Israel and the promised land, notice it doesn't center there. Because God called an ethnic people to a promised land, but through Jesus, the entire world for whoever would believe are the children of God. It's not just a single ethnicity with a single promised land anymore, but it is the entire world for all who would believe have the right to become the children of God. Amen. If you see the bottom there, by the way, this is amazing. In 1900, north and south distribution, if you put a line right down the middle there, 82% of professions of faith were in the northern hemisphere of the world. But today, 2020, 67% of the profession of faith is in the, of faith in the global south. You see that? The gospel is going through the world. We should be happy about this. The United States of America does not own Jesus. He does not belong to us. It is worldwide. We don't have a monopoly on the faith. You know, all around the world in different ways, in different modes, and, and however they do it, some publicly like us, some in secret, there are people gathering in the name of Jesus in some form of worship, in some form of giving of the word, in some form of taking communion, and baptisms, and all these different things. It's the worldwide body of Christ. It doesn't depend on your skin color. Any, any, any sign of racism must be absolutely possibly removed from the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, people that look like me, we are the absolute minority of believers in the world of my faith in Jesus. You know that. No matter what language you speak, when those came out from the upper room, they're speaking in tongues, and all sorts of nations heard the, the goodness of God being proclaimed in, in their language. That was a way of saying it's symbolic, but now it's going to go through all the world, the goodness of God and the good news of Jesus. It doesn't matter your social status. You can be rich. Be careful of your riches. You can be poor. We're in a family together. Amen. This is our family. But what we get to do is we get to practice it right here as a local church. We get to take this big picture and celebrate it by coming together and be a family of God together. Amen. I'm thankful to be... Can you imagine... You know, when the Bible says in the parables of the lost coin and, and, and all that kind of stuff, they talk about when somebody comes to a place of salvation, there's a celebration in heaven. You know that? The angels rejoice. You imagine the celebration of a united family of faith in the life to come. And we're, when we're taught to be together, in a way that all those, not Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, man, all those distinctions where we rank each other and qualify each other, they're completely gone. 
and we understand what it means to all have the fullness of inclusion into the family of God, and we live together like that, it's going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. But that's our inheritance to come. We're called, though, to work it out now, be prophetic about what's to come. You know that? That we live now what we know is coming to the best we can with the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, you know, you know right now that the other nations are working to send missionaries to America. You know that? That we would take the gospel ourselves. We, we shouldn't need missionaries to come here. Bless them if they come, but we shouldn't need them. Because that number right there, we should be taking the gospel to our world, which means our neighborhoods and our families and our, and our, our businesses and our workplaces. That we're sharing the gospel and saying, hey, in salvation, you can come into this great, big, giant, all-inclusive family in Jesus by salvation. Is there a way to live? Yep. Is there holiness and unholiness? Yep. But he's going to show you what that means in new life, in abundant life. You're going to realize that's the way to go. Amen. But let's take the gospel to the world. And let them know that there is a good God that desires to be their father. In intimacy, that's salvation, intimacy and a reward to come in inheritance. So, so as we were reading there, you know, Abram saw these visions of the stars in the sky, and that's, that's your, who your offspring, your descendants will be. This is the fulfillment of that. You know that? It came through the Jewish people, then, then when Jesus went, boom, and this is Abraham's descendants. Why? Because we are people of faith. This is the fulfillment of those visions Abraham was having. This is it. The family of God. That's salvation. So salvation is you just got thrown into one big family. I, I have a big family. My mom's family, uh, towards the end when I was getting older, to have a Christmas get-together, we'd have to rent a fire hall. There's so many cousins and, and just lots of us. I don't even know their names anymore. Lots of them. That, that family, big family, this is big family, giant family that we're a part of. And it's a wonderful thing. Amen? Amen? Amen. How many of you are glad that you can call God your father? How many of you are glad? How many of you are glad that you know there's inheritance? You're an heir. How many are glad to know? Amen. That's salvation. That's one aspect. It's an image of our salvation, what it means. All right. Let's pray. Maybe especially for those of you this morning where your family life wasn't so good. And where maybe your family life was actually messed up. Maybe you got dealt some, a hand in life that was not fair. I 
I want you to find a level of fulfillment in knowing that that's not the end of your story. I'm going to read something. A guy named Rich Pilatus, I don't know him personally, I just saw he wrote this, talking about the kingdom of God, talking about the gospel. He said, the good news that God's kingdom has come near in Christ Jesus and that through his life, death, resurrection, and enthronement, the powers of sin and death no longer have the last word. That's the gospel. That's salvation. Whatever your situation is, it's not the last word. You brought into a family whose headship is a wonderful God who in him won't let sin and the mess of life have the last word. There is an inheritance coming that's going to rewrite our stories entirely. That's what God is doing, and we're a part of it. Lord, we thank you for being included in your family, that you brought us in and gave us full rights as sons and daughters. You've given us a new identity. You've given us your name. Your spirit was put within us. And because of that, Lord, we can cry that you're our Father. We cry out, Abba, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you do because you are a good God. You're a good Father. We thank you so much for those things. And I pray that each person here today, as we're doing this series on, on salvation, they, they are catching an understanding of the depth of what it means to be saved. They're standing in you. The relational impact it has for their life. I pray they catch it in their heart. And they begin to live in such a way as a reflection of it. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. But we know you will. In Jesus' name, for your glory, amen. 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 As always, if you have prayer needs or, or you're here this morning and, and you're saying, hey, you know, this whole thing about salvation and whatever, I want to experience that in my life. Please come talk to me. If you have prayer needs, bring it on down. We'd love to, to talk with you. But Wednesday night, we'll be back in the book of Romans. Yay. So come on out for that. And next Sunday, we'll keep on with this series, Images of Salvation. Be blessed as you go. Invite somebody to church. Have a very good week.